Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. So today I'm talking to Brendan Wheeler, um, co-founder and CEO of Etsy Australia. So welcome, Brendan. Hi, great to be here. Thank you, and thanks for taking the time. So let's kick off with a really uh, a question. What do you do? Yeah, so EVC Australia is a turnkey EV solutions provider. Um, so what that means is we provide the entire solution to uh, residential, commercial, fleet and, and government customers, people looking to transition um, to electric vehicles. So we provide that full turnkey solution um, for a lot of our customers. Um, there's multiple pieces of that puzzle we need to bring together to provide a solution that meets their purpose and, and, and their needs today, but also has the ability to scale and develop in the future. Because as we know, EVs are only getting bigger and the solutions required to support the, the, the electric vehicles um, in depots and fleets um, needs to grow a, a, along with their fleet. So that's what we do. Um, we're based here in Sydney, but we have a nationwide reach um, across the country. So how long have you been, have you been, have you been operating? Yeah, so we started the business in 2015, so um, a little over seven years ago. At that time, the business was actually built around um, e-commerce. So myself and my business partner, Sam, we actually went to, to Europe and um, walking around the streets there, we saw what was happening. There was um, charging stations everywhere, there was electric vehicles, and it blew us away. Um, we knew this was going to be a huge sort of turning point in the way that, um, you know, that, that mobility was, was, was done. And we said we had to get into this space somehow or another. So we started an e-commerce website initially out of his parents' garage selling, um, you know, EV charging equipment online. Um, but I guess that quickly grew out as our customers were looking for more um, holistic solutions. So they wanted um, the installation. They needed some more sophisticated um, commercial style solutions. They needed um, engineering support. They needed, um, you know, multiple site deployments. So... The business has sort of grown quite quickly from there, but um, yeah, these, these days we um, we're, we're up to twenty people now. So uh, that journey was quite slow to begin with, and that really tracked EV sales and the, the, the nature of the market at that point. I think there were literally two cars available: um, the Nissan Leaf and the Tesla Model S. They had, you know, like a forty thousand dollar car and a three hundred thousand dollar car. Um, and these days, the market's vastly different. You're seeing uh, federal governments, state governments, uh, local governments all aligning on policy. Um, OEM's, you know, commitment to um, phasing out fossil fuel vehicles um, and you're obviously seeing across the world that shift by countries to um, go down that electric path. So, yeah, that, that's where we are now. So how would you describe your core customer, your best, best customer? Yeah, so, look, we obviously service the entire market, um, but I guess our, our, our best customer, our, our core customer is someone, you know, perhaps a fleet or a commercial customer that is looking for, you know, a, a holistic solution. So that would include um, assessing the site. So each each individual site has certain electrical capabilities and capacities. 
So I guess what we do is, is partner with that, that customer on that journey, understand their sites, understand the vehicles, how they're being used, understand where their fleet's at now, what their EV transition plan looks like, and start to build um, infrastructure that sits behind those vehicles to support that. Um, so some of the, the customers that sort of we work with now are the likes of Transport for New South Wales, um, Q Fleet up in, in Queensland. So the, the, the larger fleet operators that need um, you know, a, a bespoke solution, they need more than just a charging station, they need a charging solution. So they are ideal customers because um, it's a bigger problem for us to solve and it's a partnership and a collaboration there because um, they're on the sort of first or, or first couple of steps along that, that journey to fully electrifying fleets. Okay. So you started before the pandemic. Obviously, like the rest of us, you've had to um, to deal with that. What, is, what if any of um, initiatives have you implemented that are going to remain in, in the business going forward? Yeah, I guess when, when the pandemic first hit, we were quite small at that point. Um, I think we were maybe about four or five employees. So um, I, I guess at, at that stage, um, you know, Sam and I were both working elsewhere as well. So we, we had income and the business was sort of looked after from that perspective. But it certainly forced us to take a step back and really um, assess how we were operating the business, assess what things were profitable, what things weren't profitable, uh, and really take a, a deep dive to, to to look at those things in, in, in a greater focus and recalibrate and, and I guess pivot away from the things that weren't particularly profitable into the things that were. So I, I guess it, it gave us a forced, you know, a, a reason to step back and, and have a look at the business rather than sort of being in it, sort of running on that hamster wheel day in, day out. So um, from there, there was a lot of work based on, you know, implementing and building systems and processes to help support the business. And what we found was sort of coming out of COVID, there was a spike back up of activity and it was the direct work we'd done during that COVID period on implementing you know, shipping and inventory solutions and various other things on, on automation and so forth that allowed us to capitalise on that and and kind of, I guess, get to the next level. Um, so I guess that's that's kind of that initial pandemic phase. But for us, it's always just been a matter of trying to make time, you know, make the most of that time, work with the team, try and do some training and things that probably fall by the wayside when you are, you know, in, in the middle of, of things. So, we tried to 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 utilize the time we had, but um, it was certainly challenging. There's no doubt about it, and uh, it's it's great to see things back to normal now. So, are you um, are you working remotely, hybrid? How how does the work the business work? <clears throat> yeah, so look, for the most part, we're we're based here in the office. Um, it works for our business, and it works for all of the team. There were periods there during the sort of Sydney lockdowns where people worked from home, and I guess that brought about challenges with regards to um, things like inventory. Um, obviously, we run a pretty physical business from the sense we've got boxes to move, we've got you know charging stations that need software put on them and, and things that really can't be done remotely. Um, so there was a period that we did work remotely, but as soon as we could, everyone was back in the office. It's sort of the, the group of people we have enjoy being around each other. We find it helps us to build um, you know, better rapport and, and, and just a better team spirit by being there, having those you know, conversations and it's not just scheduled Zoom meetings. Um, on the plus side, obviously, customers and clients are happy to do Zoom meetings, so it saves us a lot of time travelling, you know, yep. into the city or interstate. Yep. So there is a silver lining to it, and I think mm. um, that's helped improve our productivity, you know, a lot. Great. And so I would think your future looks rosy given 
you know, the change of um, yeah, political environment, for want of a better word. Um, what do you see as the main challenges going forward? Yeah, look, it, it's a it's it's there's certainly a lot of tailwinds. Um, I think it's it's such a significant change that's happening, and as you alluded to, the the policy framework supporting EVs is sort of finally starting to come into play. It's something that we have been lacking for a little bit of time, so nice for that. Um, but but with that comes you know new technology. It's always evolving fast. There's, there's a lot of change. So um, I guess the challenge for us is staying ahead of the change, staying ahead of the curve, trying to ensure that we're constantly innovating or on top of, of the new technology and the new standards and the new, um, you know, different ways of doing things because uh, that, that's very important for us to, to be there given it's an early stage market. If we, you know, make mistakes or get complacent, we can get taken over very quickly. Um, uh, in some ways, being so far behind Europe, gives us a little bit of an advantage because we can see what they're doing and and take a lot of that and basically bring it here because we're, we're behind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, staying ahead of innovation, um, making sure that the business continues to uh, support the scale and growth and develop its internal um, leadership capabilities, I think, are probably the key things. Well, you know, given your, 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 your scale curve, I mean, hiring, hiring the right people and getting them on board, and all of that would obviously have to be a, a major priority, I would think. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 a challenge, and it's it's probably where Sam and, and my focus is starting to shift more and more. So this year, particularly, is is being less um, less the driver and and maybe more a builder of the machine, and also trying to create the team and create the processes and structures so that you know we can take a holiday or we can um, have a day off because you know up until recently that hasn't been the case but mm. yeah creating good people creating a good team getting the right people on the bus in the right seats that's that's the challenge it's you know it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting one you know I my team at the moment you know we're scaling as well and um, I know they're pulling their hair out a bit um, with me, you know, my focus on the internal focus which becomes really interesting that as you're growing and as you're, you're scaling you suddenly have to start looking internally to, to get those Standard operating procedures, you know, to get the checklist, get the value engines all documented down. Yep. And you know, I know my team are sort of looking at me as so to say, where are we going? But it's if we don't get that that foundation in place, you know, we can't scale, as you know. Mm, you can scale chaos. So what do you, you reckon is the biggest business learning that you've you've had since you started? Yeah, look, uh, I think I learned something new every day in business and it's a constant evolution I think for us um, as individuals and as a business that um, you know w what worked yesterday doesn't necessarily work in the future and particularly with our business essentially doubling you know we've doubled almost every year up until now so um, you know the processes you've got aren't going to work aren't going to allow you to continue to double so for us we're almost having to reinvent the business each yep. and every year Yep. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest the biggest learning or the biggest shift for us is 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 making sure we allocate the right amount of time to work on the business. Um, you know, in the past, it's been something we weren't necessarily um, doing very well. We were very much building the business around us and having people support our activity. Um, whereas that's starting to flip now, and we're sort of trying to build that team to drive it, and and we just help build the team and grow that. So. That's probably the key learning is, you know, the way to scale and grow is is through a great team. Self-managing company, get you get get you, get you out of it. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's something, one of the things I coach is 
Yeah, build a self-managing company. The way to do that is actually number one, build those processes and, and systems, but also focus on your, your unique abilities. Yeah. Yep. Um, and surround yourself with people who have unique abilities that are not yours. Um, mm. When you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to mind? Yeah, that's a. It's an interesting question. I mean, it's probably in the past I would have gravitated straight towards you know. Um, Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos's and, and Warren Buffett's. I think um, early on I was probably guilty of thinking financial success was probably the key metric. Um, but I guess these days it's, it's probably more aligned with people living in line and congruently with their purpose and their vision. So my definition of success would be vastly different to yours and, and vice versa. So, um yeah, I would say anyone that's that's really living their life in line with their values and and being true to themselves, I think there's certainly success in that. Um, as far as a, a specific example, I mean, I enjoy surfing. Um, Kelly Slater, he's 50 years old. He's won 11 world titles, and he's competing with people that were, you know, guys that were born weren't even born when he won his first world, world title. So, I think he's had a competitive career spanning 30 years. Um, he continues to stay at the top of his game uh, despite his age and he also innovates the sport. He created wave pools and has sort of input into the way it's run. So um, he's someone that I sort of see as being successful uh, in that regard, just being at the top of his game, not winning once, but that repeated ability to win and stay there. I think it's probably almost harder to, to, to stay at the top than it is to get to the top anyways. Um, and then to, to, to extend that for such a long period of time across multiple generations and different waves of, um, you know, competitors is quite unique and, and yeah, stands out for me. Great. Yeah, th that one question is the one I probably learned the most of in this interview series, um, the different people um, uh, who they think is, uh, you know, described as successful. It's, um, it's probably the most, it's a question I like a bit, the answer that I like, I like the best. Hmm. Um, are you a reader? Are there any um, books, podcasts uh, you'd recommend? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we were having a chat offline and you were sort of mentioning how, um, you know, executives and, and people running businesses often don't have the time to read. So um, I'm a big podcaster and a big audio book type of person, mm -hmm. um, whether it's driving to and from work at the gym or, you know, going for a walk, that's a good time to kind of double up that sort of physical and mental exercise. So, um, yeah, podcasts are great for me. Um, there's a great podcast, Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett that I've come across recently, which I'm so which quite one? It's called Diary of a CEO, right. uh, Stephen Bartlett. And um, I find him quite a, an interesting um, interviewer and the questions he asks and the sort of angles he takes. I guess it's not it's not strictly business per se, but going into psychology and understanding, you know, individuals and, and why they're successful and asking some just some different questions, which I'm finding really quite interesting and a, and a good mix of people on, on his podcast. Great. Um, I haven't heard of that one. I'll, go, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's something, yeah, I just came across it recently and, um, yeah, that, that's, that's been an interesting one. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Ed Milet has a really good podcast, which is more more probably around personal development and growth, but just interviewing, you know, a different range of people from, you know, sports, um, from athletes, um, you know, various other people in, in with, with, with good profiles and, and different stories. So that's an interesting one. Um, and then from a book perspective, 
extreme ownership was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Rocco Willink, that yep. was a good um, sort of perspective, I guess, from probably one of the most um, high-performing organisations in the world, the Navy Eels, and how they – have you got me? Yeah, yeah, back now. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting book, and I've, I've listened to a lot to Jocko Willink. Um, yeah, and yeah, I had a background on military many years ago, many years ago as well. But he's a fascinating character. You talk about values and you know, mm. extraordinary leader, but um, then you know, this guy that gets up at three a.m. in the morning and you know the issues with his family, wives and children, and the like. It's a really interesting dichotomy of someone who's very successful, um, yeah. but at the same time, you know. You talk about purpose. You know, my personal purpose is to play actively with my grandchildren. Hmm. Um, that, knowing a bit more about that, you know, I'm a 62 year old father with two adopted kids who are who are eight years old. So for me to play actively with my grandchildren, I've got to be mentally and physically fit at about, at about age 95. <laughs> and you know that drives everything I do, hmm. um, even to the point of. Yeah, you can see the windows in the background. I've, I've got I bought a house next to the one we live in to set up the business in, um, and you know I'll look out there, you know, about an hour, and my children will come be coming down the road from school. Yeah, it's interesting how those, as you say, purpose drives everything, um, mm. and the, our business purpose is grow remarkable, grow, grow remarkable leaders. Okay, any last piece of advice or parting words that you'd like to give, either to CEOs um, or aspiring CEOs? Yeah, look, I think I think probably the most important thing is just to stay, to hang in there. I know there's, you know, probably once a week I think about why the hell are we doing this? What, you know, how are we going to do this? There's plenty of sleepless nights, and and it's probably one of the most challenging, challenging sort of things you can do is is to run a business and to deal with all of the problems that come up, and then individual people you've got to deal with, and so yeah, I think hanging in there, um, trying to keep it in perspective. And there's a good um, sort of quote around, you know, this too shall pass, like all the good times and the bad times, you know, they you, you do eventually work through it. And, um, yeah, just, just hang in there because you do eventually find a way. It doesn't, it's not always pretty, but you generally find a way to work through it. And as long as you can, you know, stay in business long enough to, to work out what really works, a lot of it is, is stepping stones in the journey. You know, some of the, the toughest moments actually allowed us to to refine the model and refine how we do things and um, set us up for the next level of growth. So it is all part of the journey. And unfortunately for me, I'm probably more of a destination man than a journey man, but it's something that business forces you to do is just sit back and just appreciate um, some of those wins along the way. Fabulous. Great advice. And that's it. So we'll end the, the interview now. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Same time. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, 
take our assessment where you will receive personalised advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.